Welcome on into the Two Three Podcast. I'm Cam. That is Zach. Episode three of season two, 1100 wins edition. That's right, 1100 wins for our guy Jim Beheim. One zero start to the season. You love to see it. Only 999 wins if you've got zero IQ, Zach. But over here at the Two Three Podcast, we have a lot of IQ, so we <laughs> understand that Jim actually has. 1,100 wins. It was a good uh, win for uh, Jim Beheim and the crew. It was nice to have an opponent to start off the year where you, you handle them pretty well, but there are definitely some things, Zach, that you can kind of work on. I think that that's sort of the perfect opponent when it comes to day one. Yeah, exactly. And I think like overall, this was like a very typical opening night dub for the Orange here. It's very typical that, you know, we have some razzle-dabble razzle-dazzle moments, have some moments of, oh, we got to work on that. But overall, got the dub, felt good about it, and we're uh, we're moving on. There were a lot of things that we could take away from this game. There was the great performances from Jesse, from Samir Torrance. But when you look at this team as a whole, Zach, it's just the, the, the big headline for this year are is, is honestly like the the freshmen and how much edge that they bring and how much character that this team has like early on you one of the things that we had talked about was you know this team needs to develop an identity and it seems like they're already starting to kind of develop that yeah really starting to feel that that glimpse and that you're starting to see that glimpse of a flair and just edge and and just potential that this team has especially guys like new guys like judah and quadir coming in and just being so unafraid to attack and, you know, just do the thing. Obviously, sometimes they're doing their thing. You know, they might get a little too cute, try to do something that doesn't work, but or they'll, they'll learn through that. They'll get through that. But overall, just the new flair and edge that we're seeing is just so new and fresh in comparison to last year. And I'm just super excited about that. I think that when you kind of go down this uh, box score, when you're looking at the stats and everything like that, there are a couple numbers that definitely jump out at you, and I really want to start with the guy at number one, Judah Mintz. He had an all right game. He had 16 points, but three turnovers, Zach, is something that definitely needs to be clamped down on. But overall, it was a pretty promising start for the young kid. Yeah, no, I think he had a great offensive game. He looked really great. Um, you know, everyone kind of struggled that first eight, 10 minutes or, or whatever. But he, once he found his groove and he started going the lane, he started making his shots. He looked great offensively. Like he he was doing his thing. He was going to his spots, and he he looked unstoppable. I mean, like he's a scorer. He's a scorer, and he sh- he showed he could score. Yeah, it was a little sloppy there, like for the first eight minutes. And honestly, when when you face a team that is going to be a little bit better than Lehigh, like if you do this against a Duke or UNC, um, obviously the outcome is going to be a lot different. But listen, it's game one with a really young group. I'm really glad that we're going up against Lehigh. I think that the first couple of games here are going to be very healthy for this young group. But at the same time, you do need to keep in mind that the turnovers have been a bit of an issue when it comes to the first couple of games, when it comes to the two scrimmages. And then the uh, the first one against Lehigh, 13 turnovers in total. That's definitely something that needs to be stopped. 
But I think that once the team kind of develops their chemistry and everything, that could be easily remedied. Yeah, and I think a lot of those turnovers are just freshman mistakes. People trying to do things that they used to do in high school or just getting a little too cute with the ball, getting too little cute with, you know, the drive-in. You know, there's a lot of times, you know, Quadir is going under the rim and has nowhere to go and just unfortunately has, turns it over. So there's that's a lot of freshman stake. And, you know, these guys will learn. They'll, they'll learn that that's not an option anymore. Um, I do think Quadir is a great passer, and I think we'll see him do some really great things with the ball this year in terms of passing. But these guys are learning, and it's game one. So patience, and I think we'll we'll be we'll cut that down. I think for sure. Speaking of great passers, Judah had three assists in this game. He has so much potential, and you can see why he was ranked so highly in the. You know, coming out of high school, he was a four-star recruit. Some people had him as a five-star recruit. You can see that in the way that he plays. His vision and his just like, his intelligence is just something that I haven't seen from a young player. He's got great like mental awareness when it comes to the game of basketball. Yeah, well, he did have three assists. I do think that is one part of his game that he needs to work on. Obviously, he's a scorer. He's a scorer in high school, and he'll continue to score on this level. But I think he could do a better job creating for others, especially because he is a point guard, and we have some fantastic shooters on the team. We have fantastic players around him. And I think overall, three assists is just not enough for a point guard, and that's something that he needs to do a better job at. But I think that like those three assists, like you could definitely tell that something is there, like something's certainly there and he's got the potential in the world. Obviously, he's got to piece it together and everything like that. But you got to look at this kid and be excited for for what's to come. Maybe it's not going to blossom this year, Zach, but it definitely could come like within the next year or two. No, I mean, he's got a great baseline. Like he's still getting some vision. I mean, he's definitely passed for, or he's, he's definitely score first. And I think, I mean, there's this is game one. Like, I think by the time we're at game five, game 10, by the time we're at February, March, where things really matter, he'll be a totally different player. And there's so much to build on. There's so much potential here. And, but just something to nitpick here is I do think that's something he, need to, he needs to work on moving forward. Cy is a great person to have, like, to, to look up to when you're a point guard. I mean, that guy, Jesse had the only double-double in this game for the Cuse, but Cy was pretty close behind him. He put in a, a fantastic performance. And to have a guy that comes off the bench and does what he does is just something that I don't think that you or I could really like. <laughs> We're not going to stop talking about it, man. He is so excellent at controlling pace, at playing his own game, and and directing, honestly, his, his uh, brigade when it comes to uh, when he's on the court. Yeah, who has a highly talented freshman that starts, which is Judah, right? With a veteran mm-hmm. leader backup inside. Like, who has a rotation? Who can compete with that PG rotation? Our, like, PG one is is this insane. Like, who who can compete with that rotation? I really, like, like that. those two in, in combination is this insane. We don't, we've never had anything like this. In the sky is this to the absolute max with these two guys. 
I don't remember the last time that Q's had this much potential and that sort of setup at the one. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think back. I really can't think of the last time that we had anything like this. Nothing really comes off the top of my head, and that makes you all the more like excited when it comes to just seeing this team. There's a lot that could go wrong this year, but there's definitely a lot that could go right. And if everything clicks, you saw glimpses of that too, like the team clicking, they were having some chemistry, kind of dependent on what, like who was out there at the time. Definitely Cy was helping things out when it came to the chemistry. You're going to get that with a veteran guard. But when you saw it, like you could see some of the potential that is there and what this team could potentially be. Yeah, this is like the first game where I felt like we got a very good glimpse of the true potential that this team could have and does have. And it's super exciting. I really do think the sky's the limit with this team. If you look at each position, there's just so much talent, proven talent already with you know senior players like JG3 and Jesse and great backups behind them. And then just super talented, gritty, young guys coming in. Still learning, but it's still early and there's just so much room for growth and opportunity here that I I just, if you're a fan watching this team, like I can't be more excited. A team high, 19 points for Joseph Girard III. He had four threes. He was 50% from the field. A very good game from a guy that I was looking forward to on the last episode, I said that he needed to have a big game and he stepped up. He had a team high. I thought overall, you can just see why Joe needs to be at the two. Like, don't have him control the ball. I'm noticing, Zach, that he's doing the thing that you had kind of criticized him for last year, where he turns his back to his opponent and then he immediately gets swarmed, which is why I'm like happy that he doesn't have the ball anymore. But I feel like he would have fixed that by now, you know, being... <laughs> doing it as many times as he has yeah I mean to give all point guards in college credit bringing the ball up the court is a very hard task and you know oh, a yeah, lot no, of no doubt a lot of guys make it look easy but at the end of the day it is a very very hard task so while you know we were you know getting on Joe last year for his turning around the back like it is a very hard task and you have to be very skilled and talented to do that even though like it seems very simple it's just like Oh, I can make the thirty your your uh thirty yard field goal. It's like no, you can't, bro. <laughs> you cannot do that. So it's that kind of vibe. I mean, it's just something that like I I get that, but like at the same time, like I feel like it's something that you kind of need to remember if you're Joe. Like you spent so long being a point guard, and like you know that this is your one weakness. Like, don't do it when you do get the ball. I don't know. Every time that. I see him do it. I just think of you like criticizing him and being like, you know, why are you doing this? You know, just, just stop. Like, just don't turn your back on them because they would immediately swarm him. I mean, it was like, you get trapped in the corner. It would possibly lead to a turnover. Um, and I feel like if you're Joe, like, just don't do that. I mean, that's very simple, but like, I, I don't know why he, he keeps doing that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, obviously like it is still problematic, but I guess the saving grace here is like he does, he's not the primarily ball handler anymore. So at least 
when he does do that, they can't capitalize as much as they were, were able to last year. Because like when you can't bring up the ball to the court, it just it just totally stunts your whole offense. Like you just can't get anything going. Your flow is so off. Like you're like tr- rushing back to get on defense. It just it just like you can't do anything. Literally can't do anything. So we won't have to worry about that. We have so many good ball ball handlers in front of them now, and we got just got to be happy about that, I guess. But I th- I do think that's a good point that he's still kind of doing it here and there. I do want to bring up two people. Uh, one of which uh, Jim had mentioned pretty early in his presser when he always gives like a, a summary of the game to uh, the journalists. Chris Bell did not really have the best game. And at this point, you're kind of thinking to yourself, like, what? I don't want to be rude because Chris has a lot of uh, potential and he definitely belongs on this team. But right now like what is his role in the starting lineup and I'm kind of scratching my head like I don't know where he fits in right now and I feel like you could probably put in a better piece at this point yeah he's he struggled I mean he did have like a pretty good three like he seems like every game so far here including the exhibition games he, he's he's at least making one three that looks pretty nice but other than that you kind of lose sight of him you know he's like missing defensive rotations and just is not getting to his spots. There's this, he's just not doing enough outside of that. And when he's not, if you're not scoring, if you're not going to contribute offensively, regardless if you're doing that, you need to do other things as well. But if you're not going to do that, you have to do all the other things. And Jim even said in his presser, he literally said, Chris needs to get loose balls or will not play. He can't just be a shooter. And I think he's right. And like Jim's so big on this. He's so big on the, the small things. You know, he gets on people's back for the smallest thing, but they do, they are important, especially when there's other things you're struggling at. I feel like he's playing defensively like Benny was last year, where he's just really missing assignments. He's not getting back. He's letting people have open threes. And you really can't do that to Jim because he's, he will be very, very angry at you. And that's going to come with time, but at the same time, like I just don't really understand what he's doing in the starting lineup so far. I'm going to give him all the chances in the world. I think he's a great player, but for right now, like if he if he keeps this up, like I just don't see him staying in the starting lineup much longer. No, I mean his his lease is short. I mean Justin Taylor came for came in from very early on during that game. Like he, he Chris had a very short lease, so it, it it's not going to take much. A small little mistake. Jim has no talents for that. And Justin came in. I mean, Justin came in and he struggled as well. I do think his presence on defense is more impactful. And I think he's, you know, he got a decent, some decent rebounds too as well. So, like, he does have some a, de- a bit more of an impact, I think. But Justin, too, is learning the game. He's learning the college game and what it takes to get open. To, to get He only took one three, you know, and, like, that's his thing. So, Definitely needs to get need to get more looks for him, and he needs to get better, at, you know, moving off the ball and creating space for himself, which he'll learn. Like he's an athletic, smart guy, and he'll get there. But so 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 far here, he's just young and struggling to uh, transition to the college game. I think the other person that I wanted to bring up that didn't have the best game was Benny, and you could see him, especially in the first half, kind of laughing at himself. There were some very silly mistakes that he had. 
He had three rebounds still, but he had two turnovers and only two points in the game and 23 minutes of playtime. You expect a lot more from Benny. You can get a lot more from Benny, but this game was just not him, and he was just not there. I'm not really sure where he was at, but there were just some very, very weird mistakes that he was making. Yeah, it's a bummer to see. Obviously, like we're all still cheering for him. Like he's he's such a hard guy not to cheer for. I mean, I do think overall this year he looks more comfortable out there, but he's still struggling offensively. And just again, we just to echo what Jim's saying and his presser, what we've been saying, it's all about the little things. And mm-hmm. all these guys that are struggling on one end of the court or both ends of the court just need to lock in and do the little things. Defend. Rebound, get to your spots, put in all that effort, and do it at an elite level. Especially Benny. This guy is an athletic freak. He can do yeah. insane things. If he like was like, you know what? Offense, I'm just gonna be in my spots, you know, take what the game gives me. But on defense, I'm a dog. Like no one's getting by me. I'm in my spot. I'm talking and just really lock in on that mentality. I think it go a long way. I mean, I'm not in his head, I'm not really sure what's going on. Obviously, it's very easy for me just to say that. Just lock in, bro. But, like, <laughs> I do think that could go a long way. I mean, I know he's trying, but to really focus on the little things. I mean, a guy like Malik Brown, he knows he knows what it is to just do your job. And he's getting a lot of buzz for just doing all the little things. Seven points in 13 minutes of playtime for Malik Brown. Like you said, he was Mr. Fundamentals. He actually like goes out there. He has a job to do. He does the job. He's not flashy at all. He had three rebounds as well. And you kind of forget sometimes that he's out there and he'll like, you know, he'll do something great. Like he'll get a rebound or he'll, you know, make a jumper. And you're like, oh, Malik's out there. I didn't know that. Like he, he just gets the job done. He just blends in really, really well with the group. I think that he is maybe a guy that could potentially start if he kind of keeps this up. He's been very effective with the minutes that he's been getting from from Jim so far. Yeah, sometimes it's just doing your job is, is all it takes. Like you, you hear that in the workplace, you hear that in sports. Just do your job. Don't be a hero. Don't be, you know, anything more than all you got to do is your job. And if you know what your job is and you do your job, then you know, more than likely you'll be successful. And Malik is a perfect example of that. Looking at the starting lineup as a whole, are there any changes right now that you feel like need to immediately be made as far as Chris, as far as maybe Benny, as far as Judah? Is there anything that you would like make the change right now it needs to get done? Well, I do say there's an interesting thing. If you if you uh, look at minutes by player, so first you have Jesse with the most, then Judah, then Joe, then Benny. Then you have Saimir come in. Mm-hmm. So that's the fifth that's guy. Right. And then right behind him is Justin. So just by minutes played, you're seeing kind of who has the favor here. Um, I mean, just based on the first of the two, since Justin Taylor is coming in very quickly for, for Chris Bell. And I think, you know, Chris, obviously, you know, he's transitioning the game. He's still learning. He is in a position of being on Jim Baham's doghouse, and that's a tough position to be him. I don't. Uh, I I definitely feel sorry for him, but unfortunately, unfortunately for the team, there's a lot of good players behind him, like Justin Taylor and Quadir Copeland, that want to play. That have sh- 
shown positive things and will play in situations where Chris isn't getting it done on the floor. When you look at Judah and Samir, it's it's a little tricky because part of me, like you'd seen them both out there on the court at the same time. And it was like, wow, this is these guys are gelling pretty well together. I mean, that's the effect of Samir right there. But then at the same time, you got to get Joe in there because he's going to make his shots and he's such a threat to be out there on the court. So you can't really put Joe at the three at all. You can't put any of those three at the three. So it's like, what do you do? Do you put Samir out there? Do you keep Judah out there? Because he is he's not playing bad. It's not like he's, you know, like playing terribly or something like that, but the effect of Samir has to be out there. So if you were to put Samir out there for Judah and put Judah on the bench, I don't know. It's just, I'm not totally comfortable doing that yet because I feel like Judah could get, could get going. Like he's such a threat. I mean, he had 16 points, but again, Zach, like you look at that Samir effect and that is nothing to uh, sniff at. We, we always talk about him. Yeah. I mean, I think Samir made a huge impact too. Like we already touched on earlier that the first like eight minutes, we didn't look that good. We looked very shaky and just, you know, just, we just didn't look good. And when Samir came in, he stabilized the game. He he made everyone around him better and people started to get going. That's when Jesse was starting to get going. That's when Joe was starting to get going. And then even Judah came in and off the ball started to get his offense going. And then he was able to control the game, control his game. And he, Sai literally came in and stabilized. Obviously, like at that point when Sai came in around the 10 minute mark, it was like a tide. I think it was like 19 19. So it, it was close. But then from that moment forward, everything started clicking. I mean, maybe that's not all Samir, obviously, this time and comfortability because, you know, we're like halfway through the first first half there. But I do think Sai made a huge impact and just overall, like, really stabilized the game. And that impact can't go unnoticed. Who would be your MVP for this game? Because you got quite a few candidates. You got Joe, who who had a, a great game. You have Jesse, who had a great all-around game. He had a double-double. Like, who would you pick for your MVP? I mean, obviously, like, the easy answer is Jesse. A double-double looked fantastic. Really, like, helped their team in a great way as, as well with Joe. Like, t- but these, these two guys are going to be huge. Those are our two go, go-to guys for this whole year. We're going to need them to do that and have a performance like that night in and night out but I think for me my kind of like under the radar obviously he's getting a lot of respect and a lot of people saying he's playing well but I, I honestly do think my MVP is Samir you just can't really you just I think he made a huge impact like I think we probably would have gotten there anyway but I think when he came in he really stabilized things and got people going and before because before and before Sai came in it just felt like there was a lack of leadership out there like our our seniors of JG3 and Jesse just weren't really taking control of the game like they did later in that in the game after Sai came in. Like Sai just came in and gave everyone the confidence to just play their game. Before that, people were like nervous and not really sure what was going on, forcing things. And like I really credit that to his leadership and just knowledge of the game. That's interesting. I probably would have chose Jesse just because I mean, listen, he had a great game. And for the majority of that, like first half, he was our only offense. It was just basically passed to Jesse because he was, there was a little bit of a mismatch when it came to the center position. Their center was only what, like six, eight and Jesse is six eleven, So there was a clear mismatch 
and you had to feed Jesse because, you know, who wouldn't? Um, and I think that Jesse was the majority of the the offense when it came early on. Speaking of feeding Jesse, that sort of led to like shooting less threes. Last year's season opener against Lafayette, we had 26 attempts. This year, Zach, only 12 against Lehigh. That is a huge difference. That is a massive difference. I mean, I think it's also because some of our younger guys of like Chris and Justin aren't taking as many. They're not getting their spots. They're a little uncomfortable. But even Joe shooting very efficiently, only taking, you know, the limited shots that he did. And I thought our shot selection was was great. And obviously, like, we're still scoring 90 points. But we're all, like, with, with Judah's uh Going like was Judas takes to the rim. All his game is is was it was like within the paint, all all drive-ins, and with Jesse doing the pick and roll and doing what he does under the rim, we don't we don't even need threes like low key. You know, it's it's kind of cool to see. And I think that the last like two years have just been live by the three, die by the three. This year, I mean, like you said, we don't really need it. If you can win and and put up ninety against a team by only putting up 12 like threes, you really don't need it that much. And that's really healthy to see because I remember like in years past, it was just like, if you're not shooting well, like we're not winning this game. And that's a dangerous combination when you don't have, when your shooters aren't shooting well, you're not going to be able to win the game. That's huge. When we lean too much on Buddy, when we lean too much on on Joe's ability to make threes, it was just it was a recipe for disaster. And this year, it just shows how many weapons that we have. Yeah, I know it's super exciting, and I I do think that's a huge testament to the in and out game that we have. You know, Jesse's blossoming into this huge, you know, first time ACC contender in my mind. You know, big big man of the year in my mind. I think he's 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 got a case for it, and you know, as he progresses and warms up throughout this year, which we you know he, he did last year. He's going to do, do again this year. I think he's going to be a fantastic center. Before breaking down Colgate, because that is a big game that we got next, I want to talk to you, Zach, about the state of this podcast. As everybody knows, it's called the 2-3 podcast. But now, after this game against Lehigh, I'm not so sure. I feel like we're going to have to start calling ourselves the man-to-man 60 to 70% of the time podcast because that's basically what was run against Lehigh. Obviously, we don't have a stopwatch or anything like that, but we were constantly in man-to-man, and it was so weird to see. Yeah, we opened a man-to-man. Majority of the game was man-to-man. And what felt like for far majority of the game, I don't know if it was 67%, 80%, there was some run with a 2-3, which looked pretty good. And like when when Manier came in, he had some good blocks and looked good within the two three anchoring that zone. But it was weird. Like I know Jim said he was going to do this, and we were all expecting to see some man to man. But it was quite odd to see this much man to man. And I guess it does. It kind of begs the question: Was it good? I don't. Know, part of me feels like, like you know, we we had some steals, we looked good, but we're also playing like you know a smaller, you know, less athletic Lehigh t- team. So which we have the edge in that. So was it good? Would it stop guards, you know, in the ACC further down the line? I'm not really sure. What do you think? Is it weird to say that it didn't really feel like Syracuse basketball? It really didn't. Like I was looking at it and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Something is just off. And I didn't not like it, but I didn't like it either. I think that that was the same thing that I just said, but (laughs) I, it was it was just it was really strange to see 
too much, not too much, but just a lot of man to man. I'm with you. I don't know if it was good or not. Like, I feel like this was not really the team to judge that against, but it's also the team that you want to run that against. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something special about seeing the famous 2-3 Syracuse zone as you, as you tip off the season. And it, there's something special about it, and there's something that we've grown so accustomed to. So not seeing that and only seeing it for a small majority of the game is definitely odd. But I like it. It's a good changeup. We have the athleticism on our team t- to play man-to-man, which is a cool thing to have in our in our tool belt. So I like it. Like you said, this is the team to practice that against. I do think we need to get better at it. So, you know, come further down the line when we do want to surprise Duke with it, when we want to surprise UNC with it, we just, you know, hey, we're man-to-man now. What's up? I think it's good, and I'm excited about that. Maybe it'll even lead to bigger rotations. I mean, we had, what, 12 people that played. Seems like that's going to be kind of the norm. I like that. I hated having such little, like, bench depth. I mean, how many times did we see, like, seven people playing in total? I I feel like it's so healthy when you're trying to make a deep run to actually have uh, a, a bench that can come out there that you're comfortable with. I mean, there's so many talented players that you, ha- you have on the bench now. I, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's going to lead to better things as opposed to having Tyus battle out there for 40 minutes because nobody else can play the position that he can play. At least we can get some, some certified shooters out there and we can get some leadership when we're out there when, even if we're on our second, second wave people. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an exciting time, especially early on here while things are still getting gelled out and people are figuring out who what they can do. And we're kind of still kind of figuring out who, who's going to make it to this starting lineup come ACC play. There's a lot of opportunity. And like I do think we will kind of tighten the bench as the year goes on, unless people are really just that good outside of the starters, which right now people are still learning. It just depends on you know how 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 the stars are compared to the people on the bench. But early on here, we definitely have a lot of room for a lot of people to come in and play, which is a site we haven't seen in a while. So it's good to see. Last year, it was a 100 to 85 loss against Colgate. Revenge is on the mind for many, many fans. Some of the players that were around when that happened, this Colgate team is no slouch. They were very, very good last year. They went to the tournament. They finished the year at 23 and 12. Three of their starters from last year are going to be back for this game. I'm a little worried because in Jim's uh, own words, Zach, on the uh, Jim Beheim show that I listened to tonight, they are a very well-balanced group. It's going to be a test. They've got two other games before they come to the Dome, but this is going to be a test against uh, Colgate. Yeah, they, they lost their season opener to UB just by one point, and they have two more games before they play us next Tuesday. So there's they have a lot of game time under their belt by the time they see us, and they're going to be a good team, and you know there's definitely no slouch, and they, they beat us last year. But I really do believe there's no way in my mind, not to take them lightly, but there's no way in my mind that Jesse, Joe, Cy, and especially especially Jim 
we'll, <laughs> we'll lose this game. Jim's going to come in this week of practice. He's going to have a different rhythm to him. There's no way Jim Beheim is going to let this team lose. Do you believe that we are going to see less man-to-man during this game, or do you think that we're going to see about the same? I mean, Colgate last year literally put up like 43s, and mm-hmm. it worked. They're going to live and die by the three. So if our man-to-man can limit the, the three output, then maybe we'll try that. It'll be kind of interesting to see. Because obviously our, our the 2-3 didn't, didn't stop them last year. They, they missed a lot in the beginning, but then they stuck with it and ended up winning them the game, obviously. So it'll be really interesting to see the, the, the game plan against Colgate. Obviously, way different group. Not a lot of, not a lot of the same guys are, are even on the team. But I honestly, I don't know. I think Jim's presence in practice, and there's just no way Jim Beheim will, will allow his team to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's like a, like a cop-out, but like, I literally like, cannot imagine Jim letting his team le- lose to Colgate again, to, in your second year in a row. If it means anything during his uh, show, he was really like, he was like, yeah, they're they're a really good team. They're a very well-balanced group. We're going to have our, our hands full, but I think that we can contain them. It was basically like that sort of thing. He seems pretty confident. I don't know what the game plan is going to be, but I, listen, this is like a totally different team than last year. And I have no clue what happened last year, but we looked terrible against Colgate. Like you said, they put up 43 threes. They were insane. It was... I've never seen a, a team be that hot. Their two leading scorers for the game are not going to be there. I think that they graduated. So at least that's promising. But like like, like you said, there's no way that Jim Beheim is going to let this team fall to Colgate again. Out of all of the starters, there are a couple of people, well, mainly Chris and Benny, of course, that did not have a good game. Which of those two do you see having a better game against Colgate? I think I think we got to see see Benny get get himself going and like not even necessarily offensively. Obviously, he's got to contribute a little bit, but I just his rebound number is a little bit lower against Lehigh, so I'd love to see I'd love to see that get kicked back up again and just feel his presence on one end of the court, which. Probably the defensive side. I mean, maybe he's getting offensive rebounds and getting putbacks. But I would love to really see. Like, I want to see multiple plays where it's like Benny Williams. Benny Williams it doesn't necessarily have to be a highlight block, but I just want to see him getting boards and just showing his presence. Sometimes, you know, there's times where he kind of gets lost on an island and he's in the game, but you kind of lose sight of him. I want him to be present and known on the court against Colgate. When it comes to Chris, there are a couple of things that he needs to work on. You aren't a coach. I'm not a coach. We're merely fans who have microphones. But if you had to give any recommendation for Chris to just fix one thing in Colgate, what would you recommend that he fix? I mean, we already touched on it. It's the thing that's going to keep him on the court. If he, if he doesn't do the little things, he's not going to have opportunity to even take a shot. So the little things matter so much. And obviously, you know, he's really focused on getting his offensive game going, but that literally doesn't even matter if he doesn't do the little things. So he's, he's got to do the little things. He's got to do the things that Jim's asking him to do. And if he's doing those, then he can have the opportunity to get his game going and find that three-point shot that he's that we all know he can do. 
And that's going to come with time. I mean, that just come, that's just going to come with, you know, being comfortable on the court. That transition from high school to college we always talk about is very, very difficult. And I see Chris hopefully taking a little bit of time to adjust. But at the same time, like if he's not able to get it going, I think that both you and I are pretty confident that Justin Taylor could definitely take over for him. Absolutely. So Colgate, 7 o'clock on Tuesday, Zach. I'm looking forward to it. I'm feeling, again, a lot to a little, Zach. I want us to destroy Colgate and actually send a message that, hey, listen, last year is last year. This is a new team. This is a new group. We have a new mojo. I want this team to come out firing all cylinders with almost like a statement win for the Syracuse crowd. It definitely is a statement win. And Cuse by a million. Let it go and just, just pounce and don't stop until the until zero, zero, zero. So until you hear from us next week, thank you so much for listening to the two, three podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media at the two, three podcast. And until next week, we will see you soon. Let's go Cuse.